Okay, my friends, uh, welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 12, and we're going to do the Thursday after Ash Wednesday. So let's begin uh, with an act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrielesion, Kyrielesion, Kyrielesion. Christelesion, Christelesion, Christelesion. Kyrielesion, Kyrielesion, Kyrielesion. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, so we are now um, going to do the readings for the Thursday after Ash Wednesday. Now, um, for, like I said, for Lent, there's, you know, several things you could do. I would suggest just stick with the, uh, daily readings. I really think it's the best thing in the world to do. Um, download the, um, the mass readings for the mass on your phone or, um, Get yourself the Magnificat or get yourself a missile, a St. Joseph missile. Um, you know, get your, you know, I think you should do that. I think you should have something like that. Um, or if you want, you could just get yourself um, daily, um, like get yourself your own little Bible, like a pocket New Testament with the Psalms, if that works for you. Um but you really, you need something to put in front of you, to to remind you. Um, I think the daily readings is a good a good start. And well, today we're going to do the readings for Thursday after Ash Wednesday. And let's begin. Okay, so uh, the first reading is from the Book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 30, verse 15 to 20. Behold, I set before you blessing, the blessing and the curse. All right. Let's begin. Moses said to the people, Today I have set before you life and prosperity, death and doom. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin on you today, loving him and walking in his ways and keeping the commandments, statutes, and decrees, you will live and grow numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to occupy. If, however, you turn away your hearts and will not listen but are led astray and adore and serve other gods. I tell you now 
that you will certainly perish. You will not have a long life on the land and that you are you are that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and occupy the land that you are crossing the Jordan to occupy and enter. I will call heaven and earth today to witness against you. I have set before you life and death, blessing and the curse. Choose life, then that you and your descendants may live by loving the Lord your God, heeding his voice and holding fast to him. For that will mean life for you, a long life for you to live on the earth, to live on the land, and that the Lord swore he would give you Give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay, I'll read it one more time. Sorry for the bumpy road there. Moses said to the people, Today I have set before you life and prosperity, death and doom, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin on you today, loving him and walking in his ways and keeping his commandments, statutes, and decrees. You will live and grow numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land and the land you are entering to occupy. If, however, you turn away your hearts and will not listen, but are led astray and adore and serve other gods, I tell you now that you will certainly perish. You will not have a long life on the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and occupy. I call heaven and earth today to witness against you. I have set before you life and death and blessing and the curse. Choose life then that you and your descendants may live by loving the Lord your God, heeding his voice and holding fast to him. For that will mean life for you, a long life for you to live on the land. And the Lord swore he would give you, give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, Psalm 1. And the response is, Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. He is like a tree planted near running waters that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade. Whatever he does prospers. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. No, not so the wicked, not so. They are like chaff which the wind drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. So, the first part, we go back to Deuteronomy. And the word, the name Deuteronomy means second law. And... You can tell, basically, it's an interpretation. A lot of the books, um, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they really, 
they sort of intersect because really it's the same event. It's not like, you know, separate events. It's really uh, a commentary on one and the other, basically on the event of, of the event of Exodus. That's what basically it is. And you can see it. Basically, Deuteronomy is really a commentary on what happened in the time of the Exodus and numbers, basically, um, which is basically a census book. Leviticus is basically uh, mainly focusing on the priests and Deuteronomy is a commentary uh, on the law. And we can kind of get a little bit of it here. Moses said to the people, today I have set before you life and prosperity, death and doom. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin on you today, loving him and walking in his ways and keeping his commandments, statutes and decrees, you will live and grow numerous and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to occupy. Now, um, then he goes on. If, however, you turn away your hearts and will not listen, but are led astray and adore and serve other gods, I tell you now that you will certainly perish. You will not have a long life on the land that you are, that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and occupy. I call on heaven and earth today to witness against you. I have set before you life and death, blessing and the curse. Choose life then that you and your descendants may live by loving the Lord your God, heeding his voice and holding fast to him. For that, for that will mean life for you, a long life for you to live on the land and that the Lord swore he would give you to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I read the whole thing, obviously, but here's the thing. This is why Moses is basically interpreting everything that was given to him by God. And he's, everything went wrong after the golden calf. And much of the, the stuff that was given to them, the dietary laws, um, the laws of dressing, um, the purification, washing and everything, all that was given to them right after the golden calf because they messed up. They screwed up big time. And much that was given to them was to sort of fence them in because they had an itching to act and behave like pagans, like they didn't know God. And to practice and adopt the fashions and behaviors of it. Um, like, for example their dietary laws and ritual washing was so that they can keep, they will not make be so easy for them to adopt the behavior of the the gentiles the pagans and also the dress code like they can't wear two different fabrics two different materials because this was to prevent them from from adopting the culture of the pagans. They can't wear two different materials. They can't wear cloth and linen. They can't wear wool and cotton. They can't wear um, um, 
cotton and linen. They can't wear wool and linen. I mean, there's a lot they can't wear. They have to follow certain codes and behaviors so they can keep away from those people. That's why the, the, um, the dietary laws was to keep them safe until basically the coming of the Messiah. That's a lot of the behavior was just the way it is. It was to keep them in until the fulfillment of God's promise. Unfortunately, well, that didn't really help much either. They wound up sacrificing their children to Moloch. They wound up Ambal. They wound up committing a lot of horrible things. And lo and behold, things got worse for them. And then the exile happened to Babylon. So, <clears throat> but how do we learn for it as Christians? We, well, look at the way our our Catholic churches. We, we adopted the behavior of the world. Our priests, our bishops, adopted the behavior of the world. Now, we think cer certain sexual behaviors and mores are okay. It's not a big deal. You know, what's, what's the big deal? You know, what's wrong in adopting the culture of the land? What's wrong in assimilating? What happens is you abandon your faith. You abandon God. And, yeah, you know, it, it hurts, but it's true. A lot of Catholics don't think homosexuality is bad. A lot of Catholics don't think abortion and contraception is bad. A lot of Catholics don't believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. A lot of our priests and bishops think everything is okay. <clears throat> a lot of this is true. Look, where, look what has led us. A lot of people stop attending Mass. A lot of people stop believing. A lot of bishops and priests, clergy, they don't believe. So this is the situation. And you've got to ask yourself, what have we lost? But hey, we've lost everything. Now the question is, how do we gain it back? Good question. Okay. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Repent, says the Lord, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's from Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, but the reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 9, verse 22 to 25. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Jesus said to his disciples, The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. Then he said to all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, daily and follow me for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it what profit is there for one to gain the whole world yet loses or forfeits himself the gospel of the lord praise to you lord jesus christ one more time jesus said to his disciples the son of man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. 
Then he said to all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, now, going what, we're, what we learned in Deuteronomy, I put before you life and death, blessing and a curse. If we choose a life without Christ, we choose a life of death. We choose basically death. We don't choose life. And yet at the same time, what does Jesus mean that if we, if one has to deny himself, if one, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Okay, for whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. We, we got to remember we're living in the world of sin. And God has given us free will. He gave Adam and Eve free will. Everybody always asks, why does God permit evil in the world? No, we're the ones that permit evil. Can you imagine if every single human being on the planet decided to convert and follow Jesus Christ? If every single human being from rich to poor, from educated to uneducated, from whatever nation, race, creed, or whatever you want to call them, decided to follow Jesus Christ, decided to abandon evil, to abandon paganism, to abandon sin can you imagine what will happen uh, it would be shocking right right just just imagine that imagine that the world would look different right imagine that i mean let's say if we just had very few unbelievers I think there would be it would be a shocker. It might look may, will it look like paradise? I really would love it to look like to be paradise. It would be heaven on earth. Yes, it would be great. Imagine that kind of faith. We can't. It's impossible, but imagine. We've heard about how people's lives were transformed. We hear about the saints. I mean, right now there's a place I think in Kentucky called um Osbury University, I believe. And they're having a big revival, a big revival. All these young people are, are, are discovering Christ, are committing their lives to Christ, are being born again. They're Protestants, but they're brothers and sisters. They're separated brothers and sisters. But they look, what, look what's happening. I mean, if you look at the news, it's actually scaring the, the left-wing media. But imagine that. Imagine that kind of massive conversion. Imagine people 
believing in the real presence. Imagine people wanting that. You, you know, becoming Catholic like that. But imagine, let's just imagine, forget about Catholic, just Catholic alone. Catholic, Orthodox, Protestant. Just this massive conversion, massive wanting to be Christian. Imagine all these young people who are going after these crazy ideologies, crazy thinking, abandoning all this woke stuff and everything. Imagine the joy. Imagine our society. And imagine even people in urban cities and urban areas with crime infested, drug infested, you know, imagine the conversion. Imagine the way the world would be. It would be amazing. But I'm not saying that God can't do it. The problem is, is that people love evil. They love darkness. They love it because they love the power it gives them. And sometimes there are people that just can't imagine their lives without sinning. Sin is an addiction. Sin is a serious addiction. But imagine that kind of faith. I mean, I think our society would start healing. There'll be less mental illness. Definitely, we will see less, I mean, real conversion where people would abandoning sexual immorality. It would, I think, be frightening to some people because some people just can't imagine it, but I do. I mean, I, I think in my heart, I want to see that. It's hard to imagine, but I want it. If only Christians would start praying like Christians, Catholics, Protestant, Orthodox, if only Christians would start walking the walk and talking to, you know, talk to talk, but really living the life. Not just talking about it or preaching about it, but really living the life, living the gospel. It would be a massive, beautiful event. And this is what Christ wants. But what does it mean to pick up your cross daily? Deny yourself. It means to really deny yourself. Confront the evil that plagues your soul. Confront the evil and give it to Christ. Don't try to do it without prayer. Do it with, with conviction. Be serious about it. If you see, if, if you're having a problem on your phone with sin, get rid of it. Get rid of that problem because that's always going to be in your way. Even if you're keeping it a secret from others, look carefully, examine yourself. If your right eye, the term right and eye and right hand, and also in a sense, you can say right foot because it meant the will. It meant the willpower of the individual. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. What he means by get rid what is visually addictive to you. It is disgusting and is addictive because it holds you back. If you keep looking at porn, 
you're 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 letting the devil captivate you, hold you. You're a prisoner to him. You're not liberated. You're not free. If your right hand or your left eye or your right foot, meaning because you keep walking back to that sin, you keep going back to it, it represents your will. And, and it represents everything. You, We have to give it up. You have to fight it and be honest. Do you think if you're addicted to masturbation, that the woman, you're, that the photograph of that, of that porn model, you think she cares about you? You think if you went to the hospital, she'd come running over to you? No. If something tragic happens, do you think she'll send you a postcard? No. She will not. No more than the, the guy who sells you drugs would care whatever happens to you. As long as you paid up, you have to give up sin. You have to really give up the, the, the evil that's in your life. You, we all need to do it. Every single one of us. We have to give up sin. We have to fight. We have to be true to Jesus. We have to pick up our cross and follow him. All right? And follow him. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever wish whoever loses his life for my sake will for my sake will will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world and lose his lose or forfeit his his forfeit him his soul himself? We heard that when Jesus said that to the rich man. The rich man who came and I said to him, Master, how do I gain eternal life? It's, you know, it, it, this, is, this is what it means to follow the gospel. Look at yourself. Examine yourself. Study what's happening to you. Ask yourself, why are you addicted to this sin? What, what situations do you put yourself in? How does this sin make you feel? Do you really like what the world sees? No, you don't like it. I don't like it. The devil one knows you very well because sin is something you hold on to. You know, we want it. But the truth is, the more you pray, you pray the rosary, you read the scriptures, you, you know, you'll come to know who Jesus is. And he and definitely he knows us already. But when you, when you're a sin, no, a sin keeps Jesus from you. It blocks the view. All right. So let's say in our Father, and we'll end it here. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. <coughs> Excuse me. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. John the Baptist, pray for us. St. Peter and Paul, pray for us. Holy prophets of Israel, pray for us. 
pray for us. Amen. All right, guys. Uh, I'll be back again soon. Okay? God bless.